Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. In today's lesson, we are finishing up the Psalms of Asaph with Psalms 79 through 83. The first, Psalm 79, is a lament or a sorrowful prayer unto God for the congregation. It starts, O God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. It continues with Jerusalem being in ruins and the blood and bodies of Israelites all around, and they weren't even buried. We are a laughingstock to the nations. Then the question, how long, Lord? The psalmist then asked the Lord to pour out his wrath upon the nations that do not know God's name. The psalmist acknowledges that it was their sin that brought on this destruction, and he asked for forgiveness of the people of our sins for God's name's sake. And when we are restored, we, your people, and the sheep of your pasture will give thanks to you forever. Again, we see to all generations, we will tell of your praise. Just as a reminder, Psalm 78 ends with David, God's servant, the shepherd who guided Israel. Then in 79, we see that the psalmist again refers to the nation as the sheep of your pasture. God's pasture. Now in Psalm 80, it starts, O oh, give ear, shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned above the cherubim, shine forth. In the tabernacle and the temple where the Ark of the Covenant stood, and it had a lid with the cherubim on it, and God was enthroned above them. In verse 2, we see the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, which were Joseph's two sons from Egypt, and Benjamin is also mentioned. Joseph and Benjamin were both from the loved wife of Jacob, named Rachel. Then, in verses 1 through 3, is the first cry for God to save us. Then the chorus says, O God, restore us and cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be saved. In the second strophe, or the second section, now, instead of God being a shepherd, he is the Lord God of hosts, the God of armies. Then the question, how long will you be angry with the prayer of your people? Then in verse 7, the chorus is changed just a bit, and it says, O God of hosts, restore us and cause your face to shine upon us and we will be saved. The next strophe verses 8 through 13 shows Israel as a vine from Egypt and God planted it and he cleared the ground for them and Israel took deep root and filled the land and it went as far as the sea and as far as the Euphrates River. Then the next question, why have you broken down its hedges, its protection? 
now people walk by and eat. Even a boar, which is a pig, an unclean animal to the Jews, even the boar eats from this vine. The chorus in verse 14 is changed again. It starts, O God of hosts, and instead of restore us, the psalmist writes, Turn again now, we beseech you. Look down from heaven and see and take care of this vine. In the last strophe, the shoot of the vine which God planted is cut down and burned with fire. Then the psalmist says in verse 17, Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand. Who sits on the right hand of God? Jesus. Then he continues, Upon the Son of Man, whom you made strong for yourself. What was Jesus' most common term he used to describe himself? The Son of Man. Then verse 18 says, Then we will not turn back from you. Revive us, and we will call upon your name. The last chorus says, O Lord God of hosts, Restore us, cause your face to shine upon us, and we will be saved. Now with Psalm 81, it starts off with praise and joy. This is a celebration song. It's sung at a festival, which verse 3 shows us. It does talk about coming out of Egypt, so it may have been sung with the festival of booths, or with the feast day of trumpets, or with the new moon also mentioned in verse 3, it may possibly be sung during the Passover. In this section, the people are praising the Lord. Starting in verse 6, however, the tone changes. Now God is speaking, and he says, I rescued you from Egypt because you cried out to me. I proved you at the waters of Meribah, which happened in Exodus chapter 17, verse 7. And this was when the people demanded water and tested the Lord while wandering in the wilderness. They were saying, is the Lord among us or not? Then verse 8, God cries out, hear, O my people, I will admonish you. O Israel, if you would just listen to me. Then the Lord reminds the people they are to worship the Lord God only, not any foreign or strange gods, because God is the one that brought them out of Egypt. The Lord tells his people to open their mouths wide and he will fill it. But, verse 11, but my people did not listen to my voice and Israel did not obey again. So, I gave them over to the stubbornness of their hearts to walk in their own devices. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Then God would take care of the adversaries, and then God would feed his children with the finest of wheat, bread, and with honey from the rock, and I would satisfy you, the Lord says. According to Godfrey in his book, Learning to Love the Psalms, in this psalm, we see God's deliverance, his direction, and then we also see Israel's refusal to follow it, and then God's destruction. 
twice God cries out to his people to listen to me, but they did not. We also see in this psalm the three temptations that Jesus struggled with in Matthew chapter 4. Will God protect him? Will God provide bread for him? Will Jesus only worship the Lord? As I said before, it was only Jesus who stood true and listened to the voice of the Lord. And Jesus walked in all of the ways of the Lord. And ladies, we are blessed because he did. In Psalm 82, the question arises again, how long? How long will the wicked prosper? How long will you judge unjustly? (gasps) Here, Asaph sounds a little like Job, justifying himself instead of God. The psalmist is crying out, Do something! Judge the earth! For it is you who possess all the nations! And then the psalm just stops. We then, though, can jump into the next psalm, of Asaph, which is Psalm 83. And this is the last Psalm of Asaph recorded in the book of Psalms. And in some ways, this Psalm continues where Psalm 82 left off. It starts, O God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent. And O God, do not be still. The psalmist then describes their enemies and that the enemy's goal is to wipe them out as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. It's interesting to me, thinking back in history, and then up to even today, this is still the goal of some people and some nations, but none of them have accomplished it, and none of them will. Why? Because the name of Israel is here because they represent the God of Israel. And that God of Israel is also the God of Christians. The psalmist continues listing the nations of enemies, verses 6 through 8. Then in verses 9 through 12, the psalmist lists people and nations in the past who tried to crush Israel, but they lost. Then in verses 13 through 17, the psalmist cries out how he wants God to get him. Verse 17 ends that section by saying, Let them be ashamed and dismayed forever, and let them be humiliated and perish. Why? Verse 18, That they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, are the Most High over all the earth. Israel was there to be a light to the nations and to show the world who God is, that the world may know there is a God, and they are still here. After Christ came, those who believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, also the Son of God, the promised Messiah, we are also to carry that light so that the world may know that there is a God. The Great Commission were the last words Jesus gave his disciples before he ascended to heaven, and that's found in the New Testament book of Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus says this, 
All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, singular, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God's plan will not be thwarted. The question is, whose side will we be on? Will we be the people who refuse to hear God's voice and go their own way? Or will we be the people who hear God's voice, who choose not to harden our hearts and choose to pray and obey? I hope we are the latter. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.